The outdoors is a fascinating place to be, no matter who you are or what your abilities are. There is something for everyone. My usual wild camping trips are, well, in pretty remote places, and to others, probably look pretty extreme. I like to take you on my adventures to show you different parts of Scotland, and I get a great buzz out of doing so, because some, I should say many of the places I go to, I have never been to. So again, that's exciting, and that allows you and me to share the same experiences of whatever adventures I do. All my adventures give me a sense of achievement, because the places I go, the kit I take, and the views I get, and let's not forget the weather conditions, they play a huge part in your mental and physical well-being. So today's adventure takes me away from the house for a good few hours, and teaches me how to slow down. So join me as I take you camping on the wild side. Welcome everyone. The intro for my channel and podcast say, join me as I take you camping on the wild side. But today, not to disappoint you, is a little different. Today you are travelling with me into East Ayrshire, to a little hill, to share with you that you don't have to climb a mountain to get great views. So I hope you have a cup of tea, or a coffee, and join me driving on the A71 travelling through the small villages to my destination. If you're not familiar with the A71, it's the main road from the west coast town of Kilmarnock and winds its way to the capital city of Edinburgh on the east coast of Scotland. It's a beautiful, sunny Sunday in February 2024. Blue skies with the odd cloud floating. Cool, but still nice. A perfect day to be out, most could say. Passing east through the small villages of Galston, through New Milnes, and on to the village of Darville. While you're heading through these villages, you can visually see the defined mass of rock of where we were heading for. It's a very prominent shape that sticks out in the landscape. Just about half a mile past Darville, there's a turning to the left, down a little road. Travelling up to the small, distinct car park, I pulled into a space, sat, looked, and switched off the engine. A handful of other vehicles are dotted around, a large notice board standing giving visual guide to the area, along with the do's and don'ts of the countryside, as well as directions to go. We have reached our destination, and this was the place I pass regular when I'm out for a drive, or on the road somewhere. So to finally get here and make a day of it was a good feeling, and it looks totally different being this close up to it. Welcome to Loudon Hill. A very historic place, a volcanic plug millions of years ago. So this was basically where lava had flowed from at some point and this was the remnants of it. 
When you think of a volcano, we always think of something vast, very high and very wide. But this was relatively small in scale, but still impressive all the same. It also has links to the Iron Age settlements, and I'm sure I read somewhere that they had found certain items that made them Iron Age, and the reasons why they had settled here. It is also known through history that William Wallace had fought a battle here against the English in 1297, in which he and his men had won. A silver statue stands five metres high in a silhouette shape of Wallace, with inscriptions on it. It stands on a flat section of grass just down from the main path. It's quite impressive, I thought, and a nice touch for the area. It was designed by Richard Price. The inscription on the artwork says, Thou sawest the strong arm of a Wallace, raised to stem the tide of alien tyranny, the night fennec that cruel was and keen. He had that death of Wallace's father been. At Wallace Nam, what Scottish blood but boils up in a springtide flood. I hope I said that right, but you get the gist. There are a few websites with more in-depth history, so for me to decipher all this would be quite a lot. Loudon Hill is also known for its famous battle in 1307, when Robert the Bruce defeated the English. Bruce had been defeated by the Earl of Pembroke a year earlier, and wanted revenge. Bruce and his men were dug into the area and landscape around Loudon Hill, and used it to their advantage. The Earl's 5,000 strong army of men outnumbered Bruce's 500, but he had to charge and fight uphill, and that left them fighting a bloody battle in boggy ground, which caused them to flee for their lives. A great victory for Bruce and his men. Putting my boots and jacket on, making me pretty toasty. I brought the small day sack, all prepared with some food, water and a stove to have lunch at the top. I set off through the metal gate, which opened up, and you could see the path snaking ahead. There was a few people coming and going. It's very dog friendly, so most of the people had dogs with them and all sounded pretty hyper to get out of the cars as they arrived whimpering and barking with excitement. A bit like me when I turn up on my adventures. The dogs were barking as they were let out each car. I stood back and let them go ahead. It actually took me a while to film each of the small scenes for my YouTube video. And if you listen carefully, you can probably hear the mad dogs barking in the background. All the dog owners will relate to hyper dogs that listen to this. It was still a beautiful day, and a slow wander down the dirt track, and hearing the birds sing and twittering away in the shrubbery and trees was really nice. It actually felt like spring. Further down the track, and crossing a small wooden stile, and down to a wooden bridge with a lovely clean flowing river underneath, was really nice. The path at this section was pretty muddy and slippy. I did get the odd little fright as my boots gave way, making me look very awkward as my arms lifted up, outstretched, to get my balance back. You all know what I mean. Just making sure your reactions are in working order. 
through a metal gate and heading uphill. Not a steep climb, and still on a good path at this point. Following a line of broom and gorse starting to flower, which was nice to see, up to another metal gate to the bottom of the hill. It stood like a giant in front of me, a towering mass. There were two different walks you could do, and I don't think there was much difference, so I can't say if they were any better than each other. I followed the east side walk, which took me past a field of three highland coos in it. Every time I see them, I always wonder how they manage to see with that thick fringe of hair over their face. That question never gets answered. They were very bonny to see, and looked big beasts with their prominent horns. Big cuddly things. Just on from there I took a path left, and was up a grassy hill, heading up to the area of trees. I stopped for a rest, and more to get a look at the views in the area was needed. A little breeze was blowing, and it was cool, but the walk that kept things warm inside. Fantastic views from here, and I was only halfway up. Green fields as far as I could see at this point, all farmland. Hearing children's voices of laughter and dogs yelping with excitement was a common feature to hear on this walk, which was what it was all about for others. Reaching the woodland, path turned to wet, boggy ground, which wasn't great for walking. This went on for the rest of the path as it went uphill. I would say in the summertime that it would be pretty dry, but there must have been a collection of water running off the top of the hill to make this ground all wet. What was annoying with this walk from here was that I had passed a good handful of discarded rubbish, like cans, crisp packets, bottles. I'd even seen a walking stick. This makes me pretty mad, so I earmarked it to pick it up on the way back down which in turn ruins my walk. And if I didn't pick up this rubbish, probably nobody else would either. Continuing up the muddy track and coming out of the trees into the open ground, the path became better, and I soon caught sight of the trig point. A trig point is usually a concrete pillar standing about three or four feet high and about a foot square, and has markers on the top of it for north, south, east and west. Not always, but most do. And is usually marking the highest point. A good tap of the trig point marker is always needed and done to self-prove you have reached the top. The top was very flat and offered great viewpoints for many people. So you weren't fighting for space to get photos or... They were all gathered at the same point. The views were amazing. Vast areas of open ground for miles. Farmland dominated the landscape, and in the distance, small villages were noticeable. The sounds of the odd car on the A71 as they sped along could be heard. I took a little time to take in the views and enjoyed the moment of reaching the top. I do wish I'd brought my binoculars, as they would have been very handy. Maybe next time. I wandered along the top to the west side and sat down in a quiet spot, out the breeze, for a break. Other people had done the same, so a distant murmur of chat could be heard as we soaked up the views. 
I opened my day sack and took out my stove, pots and water, and put it on for a little coffee. Filling my favourite cup with fresh, hot coffee is great. My daughter Charlie had got me this little cup with Camping on the Wild Side logo on it for doing the North Coast 500 tour, which I take everywhere. It's a nicely photographic piece. After my coffee, I got some pasta on. Nothing special, just a packet of little quick-boiling pasta to give me a little heat and tick me over. It was nice sitting there watching the world go by, having freshly cooked pasta and a coffee for my lunch. With lunch all eaten and a little flapjack cake to finish up, I flew the drone up to get some footage for YouTube. It's another great way of getting to see how wonderful Loudon Hill is from the air, and it's a good guide to getting the scale of things with people on the top of it. It's a nice, easy and manageable hill to climb. And looking at the terrain from the air, it looks better to climb from the west side path. It's less boggy and wet, I think anyway. I sat up there for about 30 minutes filming and taking in the views. There was so much to see, I I couldn't take it all in. Cleaning up the pots and packing my bag, it was time to take a slow walk down reminding myself I had rubbish to pick up. One thing I did forget was a bag for rubbish which I usually bring, so now I would just have to carry it all. Making my way back down the same path I came up, it wasn't hard to spy the bright-looking rubbish that stood out in the mud and greenery. Not great, but as a person who loves the outdoors, it's something I try and do when I can, is to do a little litter pick have to bear in mind that not all litter is dropped on purpose. We do have accidents where it's dropped and we're unaware we've done so, or it's blown away, or even items of clothing that are just forgotten to be picked up. We are only human, but if we try and do a little bit, then it all helps. My hands were now full of rubbish and got some strange looks from people as I walked down the track. With my two hands full of rubbish, quite clearly not my own. I hope that will make people think when they see me with other people's rubbish. I hope anyway. It didn't take long to get back to the car. I did a little bit of filming about the rubbish that was left and how annoying it was to see people walk past it. So as I didn't manage to film much on the way back down, I did put the rubbish in the car park bin and got the drone back up to do some footage. Some bonus footage, I called it. So it's here where my little adventure walk started, and now ends. It would probably have taken about half an hour to climb, depending on your fitness, but there's no rush to get to the top, and it's quite a nice, relaxed walk. There are no toilets in the area, and the nearest town is Darville, and I'm sure there'll be some eating places nearby. So I hope I haven't forgotten anything. So it just leaves me to say thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. And maybe one day if you're in the area and passing by, you might just want to visit here yourself. It's a great place for families and dog walkers. You can watch the video of Loudon Hill on my YouTube channel at Camping on the Wild Side. 
And you can always give me a wee message if you've listened to this. All feedbacks and comments are appreciated. Until next time, enjoy your little adventures wherever you go. I'm Steve, and you've been listening to a podcast for Camping on the Wild Side. The music for today's show was brought to you from Epidemic Sounds. Cheers for now. Thank you.